welcome to the First Baptist Church Fairview Podcast. Here's Pastor Duane. This may be one of the most important messages you will ever hear me preach. So I've got your attention and you've got John 14. So we're in this sermon series, right? A ready defense, articulating our faith uh, to a lost people group, articulating what we believe and why to people who question our faith and questions are okay. They're good. They're healthy. And you need to know more than, you know, I believe this because I've always believed it. Why do you believe it? Where do you point people when they ask, why is Jesus the only way to salvation? I mean, why can't Buddha be involved? Why can't Muhammad be involved? Why can't good works be involved? What about water baptism? What about the Pope? Why is Jesus, I said it, I sure did. Why is Jesus the only way? I want you to engage in this message. I want you to dig deep in the word of God. If you hear a verse of scripture, you need to write that down because we need to know church why we believe what we do in a postmodern day. Um, we are often asked, and I've t- entitled this message, is Jesus the only way to heaven? We are often asked, how can you Christians say that Jesus is the only way to heaven? I mean, how can you actually make that statement? That is so narrow. But you know, it's interesting. Jesus said, narrow is the way to everlasting life. So when you think about that question, you got to go deeper. We live in a pluralistic society, and I'm glad, I'm so glad that we have people of all cultures, nationalities here, but at times with various religions and groups, I mean, everyone, um, you know, this global community says that, you know, there really are no differences between religions. We're all one and somehow, some way in the future, we're just all going to get there. There's a lot of problems with that. Not because Dwayne says it, because God says it. There's a lot of problems with that worldview. All that is kind of fuzzy, feel-good thinking, sometimes even finds its way into the local church. Let's just, let's just embrace everybody. We're doing the best we can. It's in, well, John 14, 6 says otherwise. Some say there are many paths to God. And this mindset is closely compared to going out for dinner at a fast food, food restaurant. Seriously, I was at McCall- Anybody like McAllister's? I like it. I like it, but it overwhelms me every time I walk in. And I'm looking at the menu and I'm like, I just want a sandwich. What kind of sandwich? Well, they've got 50,000 different types of sandwiches. And they're like, look at the menu, just scan it. Just, you got a Philly, you've got a King Club. And that's what I got like Friday night. I take too long. Did you hear Grayson? There's a reason I take too long. I didn't set him up for that. There's a reason I'm taking forever ordering off their menu because it's overwhelming with options. Give me Chick-fil-A, give me a chicken sandwich. I mean, they got chicken, they got nuggets, pick one. You know, you know, I started thinking about Jesus being the only way in the midst of some in our culture, which says, you've got so many options, pick one, have it your way. You know, have it your way slogan will not cut it. 
It will not get you to heaven having it your way. Is that like Burger King? I'm all about names of restaurants this morning. (laughs) Have it your way mentality fails. And it fails for so many reasons. Some may pick this path. Some may choose this path. Some may say, hey, I like it this way. But what does the word of God say? I read this recently. The secular response to the Christ story always goes like this. He was a great prophet, obviously a very interesting guy, had a lot to say along the lines of other great prophets, uh, be they Elijah, Muhammad, Buddha, or even Confucius. But actually Christ says, no, I'm not saying I'm a teacher. Don't call me teacher. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm saying I am God in the flesh. And people say, no, please, uh, uh, just be a prophet. I mean, a prophet we can take. I mean, you're a a bit eccentric, but we've had John the Baptist, you know, eating locusts and wild honey. We can handle uh, that, but not the Messiah. Not the Messiah, because, you know, we're going to have to crucify you if you say that. So what you're left with is either Christ, who was he said he was, God incarnate, God in the flesh, the Messiah, or a complete nutcase. You've got Jesus, the Messiah. And there's evidence to prove his resurrection. He is who he said he was. He is the son of God. He was crucified, bled on a cross, placed in a grave, and he arose on the third day, and there is nobody. He is in glory. Now, the first step that you take as far as defending your faith on these paths to heaven, you know, these options, the the culture pushes down your throat is to say, we either believe the Bible or we don't. If you don't believe the Bible, then you open yourself up to all different paths. Because if the Bible is not true, then any path will do. So I, I believe it starts right there. So the Bible asserts that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. We know that again in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So he said what he meant. He meant what he said. And if I say anything less as a preacher, that I'm not honestly representing the God who forgave me of my sins. All roads do not lead to heaven. Have it your way. It's got to be thrown out. Why? Well, let's read in John 14. What does the Bible say? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me and my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you may be as well. And then old Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the only way. And I'm going to show you why from the word of God. Jesus does not teach the way or point the way. He says he is the way. In fact, one of the early Christian names for the faith even was the way. The way. No man comes to the Father but by me. So in John 14, you've got a great passage of Jesus comforting his disciples. And he basically says, you know, heaven is prepared for a... um, 
a prepared people and I've got a prepared place. And the only way you're going to be in heaven is through me. So this statement of many paths lead to God. I mean, Jesus 14, six verse here, I'm the way, the truth, the life throws out other religions. It lays aside good works. It lays aside water baptism. It lays aside religious activity and costly gifts. Why? Now, this is where we pick up in the sermon. Why? Why is Jesus the only way to heaven? Number one, because he was chosen by God to be the savior of the world. He was chosen by God, 1 Peter 2, 4, and coming to him as a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. He's chosen. The, the chosen one also is precious to God. To be precious in the Greek means to be held in high esteem, to be honored or prized. The word is used in the gospel of Luke to describe the fact that a certain servant was dear or precious to him in Luke 7 and verse 2. So Jesus is precious to God. Jesus is God. God in the flesh. He is the only begotten son in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, I'm so glad I'm a whosoever. Aren't you glad you're a whosoever? I don't care what you've done, where you've been, Jesus can save you, friend. Online, I don't know wherever you live, but I know this, you can call on the name of the Lord and you can be saved and forgiven. Jesus is very clear that he is the chosen one and that there will be those to reject him then and now, and they will stumble in 1 Peter 2. Although chosen by God and precious to him, Jesus has been rejected by many. And Jesus said this, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil in John three nineteen. Then Peter in chapter 2 quotes from Psalm 118, the stone which the builders rejected has become this chief cornerstone. He holds it all up. When we call upon the chief cornerstone, he is able and willing to save us only by his grace we can be saved. People not only reject Christ, but they stumble over him, Peter says. He is a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, states Peter. And he quotes from Isaiah chapter 8, 14. To every human being, Jesus will either be the chief cornerstone, listen, the very Lord of his or her life, or he will be a stone of stumbling. What about you? Is he the chief cornerstone today? Or are you stumbling over the chief cornerstone? He laid down his life. He's able to save you and forgive you. He will build his church. And church, he's coming back for his bride. Are we ready for that? Jesus is the chosen one by God, the Messiah, the Savior. Secondly, why is Jesus the only way to heaven? Because Jesus, listen to this, this is, this is, this is our faith in a statement. I mean, this is everything right here. Number two, Jesus is the only one to have come down from heaven and returned there. I love that. John three thirteen. no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the son of man. 
Jesus is the son of man. He is the only person to have lived a perfect life. We can't save ourselves. We have so much sin in us. We are, we're fallen, right? We miss the mark because of sin. Our world is so broken and depraved. I mean, why is there sickness? Why is there pain? Why is there heartache and cancer and, and murder and all sorts of evil? Because we live in a fallen world. But Jesus says, one day, I'm going to make it all new. I'm going to make you new. You're a new creation. So he's the only one that can do that. Why? Fully God, fully man with no sin. He is the only person to have lived a sinless life. He is the only sacrifice for our sin. He's the only one. 1 John 2, 2. He himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not only for ours, but for the whole world. So that right there, he alone fulfilled, Jesus did, the law and the prophets in Matthew 5, 17. He is the only God-man who have conquered death forever. And he holds the keys to everything. He is the only mediator between God and men in 1 Timothy 2, 5. He is the only man whom God has exalted in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. So we know that Jesus lived a perfect life and he lived a sinless life. He preached the kingdom of God. He preached forgiveness and he took those rowdy disciples, those guys that were so rough and rigid and they messed up often. He invested in that core group and he said, I'm going to be off the scene in the air soon. I'm going to lay down my life for the world. And guess what? After that, you're going to take the good news of the gospel and you're going to share it to all creation. And that's the church today, isn't it? We have good news. Brad Coleman did a great job yesterday in, in devotional at halftime at Upward talking about the good news, that Jesus, he is good news. You, you give me whatever religion, give me a path other than Jesus. Listen, church, they're all dead. But guess what? Jesus, he's alive. He's at the right hand of the Father. There is nobody. There is proof. There is evidence that Jesus is alive. And this Jesus said, I am the only way. I am the narrow path. And the wide path leads to destruction. And so many people are on that path. Let's get on Jesus' path. He's the only one who came down. He died. He arose on the third day. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And then third, because of Jesus' authority. Why is Jesus the only way? Because of his authority given by God. Jesus spoke of himself as the only way to heaven in several places, not just in John 14. You've got it other places. He presented himself as the object of faith in Matthew 7. Go ahead and turn to Matthew 7. Check it out. Matthew 7. Go down to verse 24. So somebody at coffee, it says, you know, I'm checking out these religions and Jesus is one of the options. Why do you believe what you do about your faith? Why is Jesus the only way? And then you dialogue like I'm preaching. You talk about the scripture passage. You talk about the doctrine of Christ. You defend your faith. And this is a good passage in Matthew 7. Go down to verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. Yet it did not fall for it has been founded, built on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. He said his words are life in John 6, 63. Jesus is the one who said, I'm the only way to salvation. You build on anything else, it will fall, but you build on me, you will live forever. That's good news. And Jesus said it, not me, not the deacons, not somebody else. Jesus said he is the only way. Perhaps you've heard the following. It doesn't matter what you believe, the way to heaven is paved with sincerity and goodness and belief in God. This statement attempts to shed the offense of the exclusive claims of Jesus. However, it introduces new problems. In claiming that sincerity, goodness, and belief in a generic God are the true requirements for God's acceptance, one is making just a religious claim. This is how one can appease God. When someone says that, Ask this, on what foundation is such a belief based? Is your foundation based on your goodness? Is your foundation based on being good enough or going through religious activity? But listen, my faith is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. The word of God. That's what our faith is built on. He promised that those who believe in him will have everlasting life. We know that in John 3, 14 through 16. Listen, Jesus said it. Jesus said he is the gate of the sheep in John 10, 7. He is the bread of life in John 6, 35. And the resurrection for life in John eleven twenty five, 25, no one else, no one, wherever they live, who has been, who will be, can claim those titles except Jesus. Jesus said he is the only way for you and I to have everlasting life. He truly is the only way to the father in church. He wants a relationship. All these religions that are out there, they'll say, come and do, be good enough. You know, go through this act, this ritual, this tradition, you know, do this and do this. And it's a rat race. It's over and over and over. You got to do, do, do. But Jesus says, listen, it's already been done. That's good news. It was accomplished at Mount Calvary. When Jesus looked at the cross and said, I'm dying for you, for you in the back, for you online. I'm going to die for you because I want a personal relationship with you. That is intimate. That is personal. And I'm so glad the price has been paid. There's a barber shop in Dallas. And there's a sign which reads, In God we trust, all others pay cash. In other words, this barber only accepted cash payments. You couldn't write a check and you couldn't use a debit or credit card. Cash was the only payment the barber would accept. And the death of Jesus, listen to me, the death of Jesus is the only payment God will accept. 
It's not what I bring. It's not what I offer. It's not where I've been. It's not what I'll do. It's what Jesus has done. And when I receive him and I trust him, I believe in him. I give him my life, my family, my job, my materialism, everything. He promises to use me and save me and forgive me. And that, my friend, is Christianity. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. Jesus Christ is the only way to God. So many people today miss it. They look for different ways. They want to bring this one in and bring this group in and try to figure it out because we're just doing that as a country, aren't we? Just, just accept it. Just, but there's a problem. And I've told you this and I'll continue to preach it. I will not ever compromise the word of God. And when the Bible says Jesus bled and suffered for me, I know what he's done for me. What has he done for you? Is anybody saved in the house? He saved us, a wretch like me. I once was lost, now found blind, but now I see. And some of you have heartache. You've got loss. You've got cancer. You've got surgeries coming up. We all have something. And I don't know how lost people do it. I'll be honest with you. Without a relationship with the Lord, where do they lean? What foundation do they build on? That's what Jesus says, build on me. I am the rock. I am your fortress. Go back to John 14. Look at that, John. Do not let your heart be troubled. So this belief in God brings comfort. And my father's house are many dwelling places. These are promises. God has promised us everlasting life. He promises us an eternal home with him. We may not have a mansion in this life, but one day you're going to have a mansion over a hilltop. And the greatest thing about heaven, church, is, is going to be eternity with God Almighty. Now, do you have a relationship? Now, some of you have religion and religion will send you to hell. You, you've got it, you know you've got it, but you've never experienced this new birth, being born again. So what do we do with this message? We proclaim that Jesus Christ saves sinners, that God loves the world. He wishes none should perish, that when we are troubled, we believe in God, we repent. And there are promises uh, from Scripture. You know the way I'm going. And Thomas says, Lord, show me the way. And Jesus said it, I am that way. So we've got so many people open to conversation. And I, there's never a better day than to talk about our faith. You've got crime. You've got murder. We've got war now in Israel. You've got so much going on. We've got so many divisive issues going on. But we've got the gospel we can share. No, what is the gospel again? Jesus came down so we could have a relationship. God is glorious. He's sovereign. He's holy. He's just. And we are sinners. We miss the mark. Go back to Genesis. Don't just do the ABCs. Let's go to Genesis. We are fallen people. And we need rescue. And Jesus is our rescue. I mean, he saves us. He's the great hero of the Bible. It's not us. It's not me. It's Jesus and because of Adam and Eve, their sin, the Bible says, all of us, we've missed the mark horribly and we deserve a devil's hell. We deserve hell. But God, in Ephesians 2, being rich in mercy and grace, 
has saved us, all who believe and call on his name, we're saved by grace through faith. Amen? It's a free gift. I tell kids when I share the gospel with them, if I've got a free gift, I've got something you really want, you need, and I just hand it to you and you reject me over and over and over and over. You're rejecting a free gift. God doesn't want rejection. He is King of Kings and he's Lord of Lords. Every knee will bow one day. If you're not bowing now, I promise you one day you will bow your knee before him. It's not me saying this. The word of God says he is holy and righteous and we're not. And Jesus is the great mediator, Hebrew says. We go through Jesus to God because of the cross. We go through Jesus. Now, we don't go through the Pope. I'm going to say it. I do not go through a man. I do not go through a priest. I go through Jesus. He's the king of kings. No man died for me. Now, we can do that and have good conversations, but you're messed up this morning. You've got flawed theology. If you feel like these other options will suffice, no man laid his life down for you, only the God-man. Now, why is that? Well, you go back to what I'm preaching. You share these passages. Jesus will not share his throne with any other. And there's going to come a day, church, I'm going to wrap it up with this. There's going to come a day I stand before God. And online, if you're, you're thinking about everlasting life, maybe you're going through a hardship and you're thinking about options even. Jesus is the only option. He's the only one that took your sin and dealt with it. He paid the price you cannot pay. And he paid that price, and it wasn't in gold and silver. It was with his precious, sinless blood. He was the atoning sacrifice. That's why he is worthy. Isn't he worthy? Oh, he's worthy is the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. God knew in the very beginning when there was no beginning. God knew then that Jesus would come to die and save this world. You come on up and play softly, all right? Thank you. Because he's worthy. Because of his crucifixion. Because of his resurrection. Because of his claims. Because of the proof that those men that crucified him, those gathered around the cross, hurled insult after insult, and they buried him. They said, hey, we've taken care of him. They placed him in that grave. And Jesus arose on the third day, no body. Which means death has no stronghold over us. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? There's no sting of death now because Jesus is alive. And you trust him even now. Every head is bowed. Lord, I pray for those who do not know you to come to know you. God, I pray that you would move in this place, save sinners, call people to yourself. Lord, the greatest decision we'll ever make, the greatest step is trusting you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We would like to help you take your next steps spiritually. Visit our website, fbcfairview.org, 
to learn more about First Baptist Church Fairview. Thank you for listening. Thank you.